morning. We are we're continuing the introduction to Yaakov. We are now up to Roman numeral five on page two. The title here is How do Chazal Value the Study of Agadah or Agadata compared to Sayyid Halacha? So, number one is Medrash Mishle, also known as Medrash Shochar Tov. And it says, Amrav Simon, Alev Olama, when is Hashem elevated in his world? When Jewish people gather in their shuls and their bate medrash, when they give praise for their creator. Rishmael says, When is this? When the Jewish people gather in the base medrash and hear Agadah, hear Agadah, and then afterwards they say Kaddish Rabbanon and at that time, Hashem is elevated and happy in his world, and he says to the angels, look at this world that I created and how they see a, a connection there between Agadata, specifically, and Yehesh Merav. The Mara Sota, Daf Memo, and Aleph says, Sota is another Masachet that is very... Oh, and it says Yehesh Merav there in that context. That, that just means Kaddish. It means Kaddish, but it says Shomim Agada, that they say Kaddish after Agadata. Right. And uh, as we'll see, it's not a coincidence that it mentions saying Kaddish after Agadata. That's that's the point that we're getting to. Right. Right. We don't say Kaddish after Halacha. If you listen closely, after the rabbi learns Mishnah Bura between Mincha and Mariv, he says, that's Agadata, or some people say a different Mishnah, we'll see momentarily, there is one exception, which we'll talk about very shortly. Gemara and Sota says, Rabbi Abba and Rabbi Abba went to a certain place, Rabbi Abba went to a certain place, Rabbi Abba went to one shul, in Darshan Agadata, Rechir Ava Darsh Bishmata, Rechir Ava went to another shul and uh, gave Halacha Shir. The word Shmata always means Halacha Shir. Shavkua Kuli Amalur, Rechir Ava, Azul Gabi Rabiabao. Everybody abandoned Rechir Bar Ava, they abandoned the Halacha Shir and they went to the Agadata Shir. Chalashtate, so Rechir Bar Ava felt bad. Amarle, so Rabiabao said to him, Don't feel bad, and Sholacha Mashal, I'll give you a Mashal. What's it like? You have one, one person selling gems. And one person is selling sewing kits. Okay. Who does everybody run to? Don't they run to the one selling sewing kits? In other words, seemingly he's saying, of course gems are more valuable than sewing kits. And halacha is more valuable than a gadata. But, you know, people naturally are more likely to buy sewing kits than fine gems. So that seems to be people can't afford fine gems. They can afford needles and threads. Okay. So he seems to be saying, of course, what you're doing is more valuable. But you know, the reality is that people, for whatever reason, go to hear Agadita. However, look at Rashi, source number three. Law mocher sikit, not to the person selling a sewing kit. Bitmiya, it's a question. Because they're cheaper, people buy them. He just said this to make him feel better. In other words, it's not the truth. The truth is, seems to be, Rashi seems to be saying, Agarata is more valuable than 
halacha, but you get to make it feel better. And so what if after David said dies? It's not getting his dust makes someone feel better. Since we're being recorded, I won't make you tell whether you ever complimented your wife's dress when you didn't like it, but I hope you did. <laughs> uh, of course, since we're being recorded and my wife might listen, I should mention I never do that. <laughs> the Gemara, another Gemara in Sota, source number four, says, that's actually Mishnah. Amar Rava, Rava comments on that. Every day is worse than the day before. It says in the Tochacha, in the morning you'll say, if only, uh, if only it would be last night, and at night you'll say, if only it would be yesterday morning, because every day is worse than the day before. Mara continues, which morning? I, I, I jumped the gun. Which morning? If it means tomorrow morning, who knows how tomorrow morning will be? Rather, it means yesterday morning. So Mara continues, Ella Alma So how does the world exist? A Kedusha de Sidra on Uvalatzion, that we say Kedusha de Sidra means the Kedusha of Uvalatzion after Shmanesre, which we translate into Aramaic. And also, Ayeheshme Rabba de Agadata on Yeheshme Rava of Agadatha. So what's so special about these things? So Rashi, source number five, explains, since both Tamide Chachamim and Ame Haaretz can say Kedusha Sidra, Kedusha Valsyon, and can learn Agadatha, come through a shear, hear a shear of Agadatha. So there's a Kedush Hashem, Torah, and Kedush Hashem. Whereas if it were just a, you know, a shear, a Rosh Hashiva is giving a shear where he asks Akasha and two seemingly contradictory Rambams and gives a Peretz or repeats a Chiddush of Rechaim Brisker. A common person doesn't understand that. It's not such a Kiddush Hashem. There aren't as many people there. There aren't attending. There aren't as many people understanding it. The condition of Benjamin Eisenberger, who's a, a Rav in Brooklyn, a prolific Hasidic writer and speaker, so he explains that, furthermore, there's a Kiddush Hashem because the person giving the shir could be teaching a small group of intimate students a difficult Rambam, and he chooses to go out in public and give a drasha and make a Kiddush Hashem uh, by giving, you know, rather than doing what he might enjoy, but he's going out to the masses and, and, and spreading the word of Hashem, so that's a further Kiddush Hashem. So there's extra Kiddush Hashem there. So from, from that, it seems that the, the Kiddush Hashem that leads to us to say or, or associated with the Yehishmei Rabbah is not necessarily inherently because of the material, that Agadatah is worth more than Halacha necessarily, but because the, the associated Kiddush Hashem, the attendance is greater, the, the, the number of people is, is greater. Source number six, the Shulchan Aruch and Rishabura, the, the Ramah says, in Simon Nundalad Sikimol Olam Enorim Kadish Bulotila. We do not say Kaddish without some kind of praise first. And Mishabura Sif Katantet says, Bulotila O Achartfila, or after Davin, or as, as we wrote in the previous Sif Katan. And after learning some matter of Torsh Balpeh, you can say Kaddish Rabbanan. So Mishabura right now doesn't. There's not limited to Agadita. Okay? But then he says, Ayyem Magin Avram, look in the Magin Avram, Shemasik, who says, 
that in order to say Kaddish, you have to say some Agadita first. Then you can say Kaddish Rabbanan, because this Kaddish was established on Agadita. Therefore, it's customary after after learning Kirkyavos, after saying Bama Madlikin, after the rabbi gives a shir, you say, after any shir, you say some little piece of Agadata, or Rechanani ben Akashomer, or Amr Rabbi Lazar, Amr Rechanina, Tzavideh Chamim, Yishalom Olam. What those have in common is that they're darshaning a pasuk. It's not just that it's not halachic, but it contains a drasha on a pasuk. Therefore, after a Mishnayos Shir, you should be careful to say and something similar. So that you can say afterwards, Kaddish Dravana. I gave this shorter version of the Shir this past Shabbos in my in law shul and somebody called out. What about after Korbanos in the morning? You say Kaddish Rabbanon, where's the Agadita? And I told him, I was bothered by the same question, and I didn't have an answer. Two people came over to me afterwards, one with a Sephardi sitter, not just a Sephard, but like Edota Mizrach, the real Sephardi sitter, and he showed me that after Rabbi Shmuel, after the paragraph of Rabbi Shmuel, before Kaddish, says, a which qualifies as seemingly as Agadita, and then they say Kadishravanan. So according to that minhag, there wouldn't be a question. And another person came over to me and said, in Amsterdam, in Nusach Amsterdam, they don't say Kadishravanan after Kabanas, which also would answer the question. The question remains on Air Minhag. That seems to be the one place where we say Kaddish Rabbanon without having said a God. Could be a kasha on the printers, uh, or, may, or maybe there is, or maybe there is some reason for it. I, I don't. I haven't found an answer to that. And in fact, the Mishavura says that one should limit the number of Kaddishes. There are places where people, after davening, they'll get together and say a couple of tzukim so they can say Kaddish again. And for no particular reason other than they want to say Kaddish. And Mishavura discourages that. Okay. So far here, it seems that either... The story of Rabbi Abau and Rabbi Chia, that Rabbi Abau is saying Agadita is, so to speak, better than Halacha. Uh, from uh, the other Gemara, it seems that maybe it's not that Agadita is, so to speak, better than Halacha, but it's just that more people come to hear it, there's bigger Kiddush Hashem involved. There is a Gemara that seemingly says the opposite. I say seemingly because the Rambam doesn't like the usual interpretation that people give to it. That is a famous statement. Since the time of the Chorban, Hashem 
Hashem's place in the world is within the four Amos of Halacha. Seems like Hashem doesn't come to hear Agadata, Hashem just goes to hear Halacha Shir. Rambam says, source number nine, She'im tevinem kipshutam yu'ubinecharachukim lod minayimet. Seems to have copied the middle of the sentence. He's saying that there's some Agadatas that if you take them literally, they seem very far from the truth. As if this statement seems to say that the four Amos of Halacha is the be-all and end-all. To abandon everything, every other form of knowledge. So, you mean to tell me that you know, there was Yeshiva of Shem Ve'ever? Yitzhak went there, Yaakov went there. Would Avram have sent his son to a Yeshiva where that God wasn't present at? They weren't learning halacha. The Torah wasn't given yet. Rambam must disagree with the Rashi in this week's parsha, which says that Noach was told to take seven of the kosher animals and two of the non-kosher animals. And Rashi says, Noach must have learned Torah. He must to know which are the kosher animals and which are non-kosher animals. Rambam must disagree with that. Because Rambam says they weren't learning halacha uh, before Matan Torah. There was no halacha. All, all they learned in yeshiva of Shem Ve'ever was Agadata, was Musar, belief in God. So you tell me God wasn't there? Can't be. Rambam answers his question in source number 10. The reason they're separated is because there are many pages apart. In, in the Rambam's, this is from the Rambam's introduction to the Mishnah, and he then goes on and explains what is man's purpose in the world, what is a lofty, a lofty person, and he concludes that man's purpose is to be the loftiest type of person, which is a person who who has both wisdom and deeds. Therefore, it must be that when when the Gemara says that Hashem's place in the world is within the four Amos of Halacha. The word halacha doesn't mean law as we use it today. It means the way a person should go. Well, the way a person should go includes halacha, include what we call halacha. It includes agadita. It includes musar. It includes what should a person believe. It includes all forms of knowledge. And so, according to the Rambam, the Gemara is is not talking at all about the importance of law. It's talking about the importance of Man knowing the way to go, which is what the Gemara calls halacha, the way to go. This interpretation, I was reading the Sefer on Siva Shoah, and he seems to be saying that his purpose is to, to make us Hashem, and the way, one of the ways to get to make us Hashem is through the, through the mitzvah. Siva Shalom does say that, and it's not a contradiction, because what the Siva Shalom actually says, quotes from the Zohar, that the mitzvos are advice on how to come close to Hashem. Now, you have to take that statement carefully, because if it's just advice, you might think, well, I could follow your advice or not follow your advice. However, if God gives you advice on how to come close to God, then it's probably a good idea to follow because who knows best how to come close to God than God. And so when God gives you advice, so that is what the Siva Shalom says. It's actually a Zohar, that the mitzvahs are eating, their advice for how to accomplish a person's ultimate goal, which is to come close to Hashem. But that's not, that's not a contradiction. First of all, it's not saying the mitzvahs are 
doing the mitzvahs is more important. It just, but in any event, there's someone, a contemporary uh, writer, if you've seen these blue marals, the new standard maral, put out by someone named Rabbi Yeshua Hartman, contemporary Tom Kacham. He also has a sefer, the Karen Hayovel, has an essay on this question of Agadita versus Halacha. He explains, based on a number of different marals, it's all leading to the same place, which is to, to come close to Hashem, and what's the right way to come close to Hashem. Agadita is more lofty in the sense that it's more abstract. It's more spiritual. It tells us more about Hashem. But we are human beings. We live in a physical world. And, and in a physical world, we need, in, in, in the language of the Siva Shalom and the Zohar, advice. We need physical tools for coming close to Hashem. If a person would sit on a mountaintop, you know, meditating all day, he's not going to come close to Hashem because we are not that we're not angels. We're physical people. So we need to build sukkahs. We need to take lulavim. We need to make kiddush. We need to, you know, do these physical things. So the reality is, how are you going to come close to Hashem? In reality, by learning that by doing mitzvahs. But on a but but to the extent that we are capable of being intellectual and spiritual, agarata is closer to the ultimate that we're seeking. But it's just but but that doesn't mean a person should sit and learn agarata all day. You've got to do mitzvahs. In fact, you know we know that despite the importance of learning Torah, a person has to stop learning Torah and do mitzvahs. A person can't say I'm learning Torah. I'm not doing any mitzvahs. It's not going to get us to the goal. That's just the reality because we are deficient physical beings. Learning okay. a gadata also will affect the kavanah and doing the mitzvah, so it like brings them yeah. back together. Correct, correct, and and that's why also a gadata can have lots of different meanings. As one of the things that we'll see many times <laughs> is that there are many many different ways to interpret something. They could all be correct. They won't necessarily all be correct. I saw a great line, Sefer, say there, Shivan Panim Torah. The Torah has 70 faces. People sometimes, they'll say uh, some crazy explanation, and when you, like, roll your eyes, they'll say, Shivan Panim Torah. There's 70 interpretations. There's 70. There aren't 71. Okay? <laughs> not everything that a person says is a legitimate explanation. So Shivan Panim Torah. I don't think the number's meant to be taken literally. Maybe it has some Kabbalistic meaning. I don't know. But but the point is that but there's, there is a line. Not everything a person says is Torah. But in Halacha, there's only one right way. Uh, Maral writes, I think it's in Maral's Drushala Torah, I think, you say, Elu ve'elu kim chayim. Both opinions are, both opinions are the word of God. Bichamai says, light the candles, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Basil says, light the candles, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Hanukkah candles. How could they both be the word of God? How could they both be true? Maral explains that every opinion in the Chachamim has some element of truth to it. But when we come to Halacha, yesterday we said, you can't paskin in Agadita. There's no halacha, the Halacha's like him in Agadita. No such thing. When it comes to Halacha, we have to 
do one or the other. We can't like both ways. You can't shake a lulav lots of ways. There's different ways people shake lulavim, but one person can't do all of them because once he's done one, he's been yotze the mitzvah. What's the point of doing the others? In halacha, we have to choose, but in agadata, we don't have to choose. The reason, the reason that is, Rabbi Hartman is explaining based on other morals, is that in the spiritual levels, there are lots of spiritual levels. There can be more than one manifestation of the truth when you're talking about spiritual things. But when you're talking about halacha, there can only be one manifestation of the truth because, as out of necessity. Because but I, but I tell Mr. So we try to cover as many opinions as possible. I don't know of too many situations where we do something that covers both, except one that comes to mind, since I'm looking at a door, is how you put up a mezuzah. Some say it should be vertical, some say it should be horizontal, and therefore you put a diagonal, which is hard to understand, because then we're doing neither. <laughs> That's discussed. But I, I think, I, I don't know too many places where we try to do both opinions as opposed to where we try to, where they're not, where it's not necessarily a contradiction. Like, when does Shabbos start? And when does Shabbos end? So we started as early as possible to cover as many opinions as possible. We end it late to cover as many opinions. We don't, most of us don't wait till Rabbi Tom's time, so we don't cover as many positions as possible. But something Same with Tefillin. Some people put on Rabbi Tom's Tefillin. Okay, right. Which so, supposedly aren't Rabbi Tom's Tefillin. So I, I, I read. I think of Ben Ishchai, who lived in Baghdad, that when excavations were done in the tomb of Yechezkel Anavi, they found in Shemos there very, very ancient Rashi Tefillin and Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin. Or maybe I think they found Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin. I don't remember exactly. So some people said, you see, they had them in olden days, before. And other people said, look, they buried them. They weren't kosher. <laughs> so, but actually, speaking of Tefillin, uh, so Rabbi Hartman gives that as an example, or the Maral gives that as an example, that the tefillin shall yad, which is on the hand, on the arm, which symbolizes action, there's only one bayit. The whole, all the parshas are in one bayit. The tefillin shorosh, which symbolizes the intellect, there are four. Because when you're talking about intellectual, spiritual things, there's room for lots of compartments. But when you turn on halacha, there can only be one way. So that sort of reconciles this in, in that on a spiritual level, and if we were spiritual beings, Agatha would be better. When the, when, the, when the angels wanted the Torah, and Moshe Rabbeinu said, said, what are you going to do with the Torah? You don't have parents to honor. You don't have enemies to not murder. Right? Gemara and Shabbos. And what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying is, the Torah needs to be physical, and only we human beings can implement it in a physical way. So in that sense, halacha is is paramount because we're physical beings. We need halacha. But in a certain spiritual sense, the agadita is, is paramount. And, and perhaps it's more of Kiddush Hashem when we are able to elevate ourselves beyond our physical world. Source number 11, uh, Avos Dravinasan. Avos Dravinasan is an expanded version of Pirkei Avos. It's also from the time of the Gemara. Says, if a person has medrash, a person has agadita, and he doesn't have halacha, he has not tasted wisdom. Wisdom is asking a kasha on a difficult rambam or a contradiction in rambams or tosos kasha. 
and answering it, that's wisdom. Okay? And if you have agarata, you don't have uh, that, you don't have, you don't have, you've never tasted wisdom. On the other hand, if you only have halacha, which the commentaries here say means, doesn't mean like Mishnabura, it means the pro- halachic process, like the Rambams and Tosos. Okay? Uh, but you don't have Medrash, you don't have Agadita, you he's never tasted Yerachet. He's never, doesn't know what the fear of God is. There, there are stories about people uh, in the who one of one of one of Rav Kook's greatest students, who obviously later became after this story, he he, he learned Slavatka, then he, as we say today, went off to Derech, and later became Balchuva and became one of Rav Kook's, Rav Kook's greatest students. But told that he and his friends in the University of Basel, Switzerland, would get together Shabbos afternoon with their pipes and learn Gemara because they were all former yeshiva students. And there was nothing more enjoyable than learning Gemara, but they were missing the year of hate, the fear, they're missing the fear of sin, okay, because they were learning Gemara while smoking on Shabbos. Okay. Uh, but okay. he used to say, "If a person has medrash and halacha, zegi I'm sorry, doesn't have. A person has medrash and not halacha, zegi He's a very brave soldier with no weapons." He's a weakling with a weapon. In other words, the Agarata is the weapon against the Yitzhahara. Uh, but, but a person who has only Agarata is a weakling. The, uh, he has both. He's a strong person with weapons. And the Chida explains really I spoke it out already in source number 12, that uh, uh, Agadatan and the Midrashim are full of Musar and parables which bring a person to fear of sin, uh, whereas a person just sits and learns uh, you know, learns uh, halacha, as it's used here, all day long, could become a Valgaiva. So you need the Agadatan to keep you in line, to give you fear of sin. Now, this is the last part of the introduction, possibly a lengthy topic in itself. Uh, possibly it is a lengthy topic in itself, and that is, the Gata contains some strange statements. Yesterday, I chose an example of somebody saw a frog the size of 60 houses. How do we understand that? The Gata contains statements that seem to suggest an ignorance of science. For example, past summer, we had the eclipse of the sun. Gemara says, Eclipse of the sun is caused by four averas. And as we'll see, Maral in the 1500s already, Asakasha, astronomers can calculate exactly when an eclipse of the sun will happen. This is not something new. This was known 500, at least 500 years ago. You can calculate when there will be an eclipse of the sun. How can it be that it was caused, that how can the Chachamim think it was caused, it's caused by four sins? The Mara is, seems to be full of medical advice, herbs and incantations. So how do we understand that? So that is all of those types of questions uh, is what will be addressed in this last section, which will take us into tomorrow. Uh, and it's certainly true that there are, depending on your climate, on your environment, some medicines work some different ways. Also, herbs that we know are different than the herbs they had then. But we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll come back to that. Source number one from the Rambam. 
in the introduction to the Mishnah. The Rambam says, Hadrash Huva HaTalmud, the Medrash, the Drashos that are brought in the Gemara, don't take it lightly. Don't think its its use is limited. It comes for a very lofty purpose. It has illusions and very deep and wondrous matters. Sorry, deep illusions and wondrous matters. If you look deeply uh, into those drashos, you would discover the ultimate good that there's nothing higher than it. And you will find divine matters and true matters that are hidden, that the people of knowledge, people of, of science hid. Everything that philosophers spent their entire lives, wild away their entire lives trying to figure out, it's all in the Agatha. But if you look at them simply, they seem to be again counter to common sense. And there's nothing greater than common sense than intelligence. And yet these statements in Agatha seem to run counter to common sense and counter to our intuition and, and and our intellects. So how can that be? Vasukach, so the Rambam says, it was written that way for two reasons. Vasukach linyanim niflayim, it was done that way for wondrous reasons. One is to uh, wake up the intellects of the students, to get people to pay attention. And, and secondly, to blind the fools who will never be enlightened. Agatha is so wonderful, we don't want to share it with just anybody. It, so it's hidden. With the, not the Agatha, but the lessons behind the Agatha are so wonderful that the Chachamim hid them so that there's some people who the Rambam believed uh, very strongly, writes this numerous times, that a lot of people are hopeless. They're intellectually hopeless. He says, just tell them that God created the world, God is one, and a few other very basic things, that's all they need to know. And don't try to teach them anything because you're wasting your time. Uh, obviously, I teach them the mitzvahs, but in terms of you know, intellectual, spiritual stuff, don't even try. And so the Agarata was written the way it was written to hide it from those people because they're hopeless anyway. Which is a contradiction to what we said before about how accessible it is compared to Allah. That's a good point. The job of the darshan is to make it accessible to the extent possible. Also, oh, to be understood at different levels. Right, right, right. Yeah. In Mar the Rambam lists various reasons why people have trouble understanding deep concepts. And so, if you, you know, if you look at the reasons why people don't understand them and then try to work around them and make people understand as much as possible mm. so there is value in it. Mm. Uh, but that's an interesting point that you made. Okay. Uh, velu, and, and, and furthermore, regarding these people, if you would put the truth in front of them, not only they won't understand, they'll corrupt it. And we do find people who misunderstand Agatha's and 
and end up worse off than if they had never learned it in the first place. Okay. Uh, about this, it was said, don't reveal secrets to them. Their minds are not complete enough to receive the truth. And Chamim themselves would hide, it's not just from Amaratzim, they would hide secrets from each other. And he brings a Gemara where there were two Chachamim uh, and one new Masay Merkava and one new Masay Bracious. These are two terms that are used in Mishnah, in Chagiga. Uh, we, most people, most Mepharshim interpret them as two different forms of Kabbalah. Masay Bracious, Masay Merkava, Rambam has a different explanation of Masay Bracious. Most Mepharshim understand that the Rambam himself was not aware of Kabbalah. There are those who try to show that the Rambam knew Kabbalah. Most most Farshan believe Rambam was not aware of Kabbalah. So he interprets Masay Bracious as more the science, a, a, a science, but he considers science to be divine. So there's the Chachamim, one new Masay Merkava, one new Masay Bracious, and they said, you teach me what you know, I'll teach you what I know. So one said to the other, you teach me Masay Bracious, and I'll teach you Masay Merkava. Uh, or the other way around, and then first one taught what he knew to the second one, and the second one said, nice day, and off. wait, you were supposed to teach me. No, you're not worthy. So Rambam says, that's not a very nice way to behave, seemingly. Uh, even even a non-atomic Chacham wouldn't behave that way, but he explains, no, it's understood that you don't teach somebody something that he's not fit to know. And this um, this Talmud Chacham believed that he was worthy of knowing what the other person knew. He didn't think the other person was worthy of knowing what he knew, so he walked away. Uh, <clears throat> why he phrased it that way, you teach, you know, we teach each other. Uh, why he agreed to that, that's a separate question for when we learn that Gemara. But then uh, the Rambam brings the Pasuk, Dvash v'chalav tachat l'shonech, milk, uh, honey and milk under your tongue. Uh, in other words, things that are very sweet, sometimes you need to keep them under your tongue, not not, not to let them out. Source number two, with the, and we'll, then we'll stop, the Ramchal, author of the Sharim and many other Sharim, great uh, Mokobol in the 1700s. So he writes similarly, Achelak HaSadot, the secrets, Ein Ra'oyishi Maserakach, Lefnei Kolaretzei Tawat Hashem. You shouldn't give it to Anybody who says I'm worthy of knowing it, right? Because they're they're very precious and they're very deep. So the as far as their yikaram, their honor, it's not God's. It's not honor to God to give His secrets to just anybody. Honor of God is to keep it secret. Pasuk says, uh, even many wise people, they're not necessarily worthy of learning Kabbalah. Of learning secrets, vimi sarum common also because they're very deep, so some people won't understand them. Ramchal says so. People say you shouldn't learn Kabbalah until you're forty. Ramchal, who's considered one of the greatest mukibalim of all time, died when he was thirty-nine. It's a good thing he didn't wait till he was forty to learn Kabbalah. He was teaching teaching Kabbalah when he was a teenager, and there were people who didn't like that, and that's why I, I don't recall his sermon being burnt. But there certainly were people who didn't like that he was teaching Kabbalah when he was a teenager. Okay, but but thank God he was because he died when he was thirty nine. We never would have 
had anything. Right, so right. Supposedly, wrote the second Zohar, and there is a safer. There is a safer in Ramchal called Zohar Tinyana, second Zohar. It's about the size of this thin safer. It's not, not like the Zohar, which is you know, several feet across. Right. Let's let's finish this point. I don't know. Okay, so the Ramchal concludes. Therefore, what the Chachamim did was they wrote it down so that it won't be lost, but they wrote it down in in riddles and in ways that are hidden so that the person who doesn't have the keys won't understand it. Ramchal was a Makobol, but he's also, I mean, he's, this is his introduction to Agatha. Ramchal wrote an introduction to Agatha, so he's talking more broadly about Agatha. It contains God's secrets, written in secret code, available to people who have the keys. And hopefully through this introduction, which we'll finish tomorrow, and through the Mepharshim, we will find the keys and understand some of it. That is our goal.